are listening to the Fuerte Network. Welcome to We Are Home Arizona, an immigrant podcast for immigrants and by immigrants here to tell all of our stories, untold stories from silenced voices to pretty much get our uh, struggle out there. And today we have a very special episode back after a pretty long hiatus here with Carlos and Karina and of course myself, Danny, to talk about a special event we just had at Fuerte and that is the premiere of the Dreamer Narrative documentary done by our very own Karina Dominguez. So first of all, guys, welcome back. Uh, good to be back in the studio once again. And Karina, so I'll start with you. How you doing and how, how you feeling after this thing finally premiered? Hi, everyone. It's so nice to be back after a couple of months, but I'm doing pretty well. The premiere was, I believe, a week or two ago, right? Mm. And it went great. Uh, excited to talk about it today with you all. Just in case you weren't able to be there, we'll kind of give you a little rundown of what happened. And of course, one of the stars of the documentary itself, Carlos Navarro. Carlos, how are you doing today? Yeah, I'm doing well. Super happy to be back after after a couple months and to talk about the documentary. Super proud of Karina and for everyone for putting it on. It was amazing. Uh, it was amazing and it was great turnout. A lot of people that were there and they've seen it firsthand. The, the video is now out on social media and on Fuerte's YouTube channel. So you guys could check it out right there if you have not done so already. So Karina, I'm gonna start from the beginning. Uh, what led you to the idea to do this documentary? Yeah, so I believe I have mentioned this in a previous episode, but I started out with Fuerte as a creative fellow and each fellow gets a topic and my topic was immigration this was around october you know and we have to come up with projects uh related to our topics so some things can be you know creating graphics for social media creating tiktoks making an event making a video whatever really whatever we want is up to us so the idea of creating this video first came about by starting off with graphics so i wanted to explain like what the dreamer narrative was and why we should reject it because over the course of like me being in high school and being in college i have had a lot of instances where i see the negative effects of the narrative that it had both like on students and in general with the immigrant community. So I really wanted to make that my big topic for the fellowship. So I started off with some graphics. They're on Fuertes Instagram, so <laughs> go check them out if you haven't. But then, you know, there was still a couple of months left for my fellowship. So I decided to do an interview video where I interviewed a couple of my friends and, you know, asked them on their opinions about the narrative. And yeah, that's what led to the documentary. And inadvertently, I think it led to Carlos coming in and joining the team and <laughs> yeah. being more and more of a part of it. And for those of you that don't know, Karina, you are no longer a fellow at Fuerte, right? Yes. Now I am the climate justice program lead, which All right. <laughs> it's not about immigration anymore. I was like, I think I need a little break from immigration. <laughs> Let me jump into climate issues. But yes, I am now officially a part of the team. Uh, congratulations on that. Well-deserved. Well-deserved once again. And so Carlos, uh, she reached out to you for this video. What were your first thoughts about it when you were considering being a part of the documentary? 
I mean, I was happy she thought of me. <laughs> I know me and Karina are like off air and whenever we've organized together, we, we've talked a lot about it, like about the topic, how to fight it. I think as someone who kind of fits that narrative, I've always had good grades. Like, I'm not going to lie to you. Um, I think it's also important for the people who would traditionally fit it to also speak out against it and to talk about how it affects other people and how it affects like the whole community in its entirety. But I think it's a really important topic. And I think she caught me like in a in a in a special moment because as I've gotten older, like my ideas have changed, like my politics have changed. So I think you caught me at a I guess a good time because my worldview has like been expanding and I was able to like get like a lot of new ideas I've been having out and it came out in like your video. I feel like I'm right there with you in terms of me never thinking about the narrative because I fit it so well myself uh, growing up undocumented, but always with good grades, always with everything that they put out on the news. You need to be this, this, this and this. I would always fit all those. So I was like, all right. So, yeah, I'm a dreamer. And this dreamer thing is good because it's going to benefit me. But like you said, expanding your horizons, expanding your views on the world and everything. It's so like, oh, you know what? It does kind of leave some people out for petty reasons for things that should not they they should not be excluded because of that and uh I, I'm, I'm right there with you when you're when when you're saying that carlos and so uh karina what was what was it like i finally from your idea you get the okay from fuerte and i, I believe you shot it on one day right yeah it was one day what was that day like so there was a lot of planning beforehand like you know obviously asking people if they wanted to be involved and then finding a location for all of us since we're all in different parts of, of Phoenix. And we ended up choosing Tempe, Tempe Park Lake, or what is it called? Tempe Town Tempe Lake. Tempe Town Lake, <laughs> or, yeah. Yeah, uh, so we ended up choosing that place just because that was the closest to everyone. And, you know, we got there, I don't know what time, but the recording was probably like three, four hours because we had three people to interview, each for about 35, 45 minutes. And... The experience itself for me was a little bit like new because before this, I had only been a part of one documentary for an ASU class, but that was with a team of two other students who were journalism students. So they knew what they were doing. I was there as a sustainability student, just kind of learning from them. And this time it was all completely on my own. So that was a little bit difficult to, you know, set the camera by myself and then choosing how I was going to take the shot. I did have Senia there the day of helping me, but still I had, you know, pretty much the control of how everything was going to be. You were be. running the show. Yeah. And the only thing that was really, really difficult that I really think Senia for is that those freaking planes <laughs> would pass by like every yeah. every five minutes. And I didn't think about that when choosing the location. So we had to stop a lot. So people were like under like mid thought. And then we were like, hey, actually, <laughs> hold on, hold that thought. So that one was probably the hardest part just because, you know, you cut people off when they're in the moment and then trying to recreate that can get a little bit difficult. But other than that, you know, that was it. That was the filming day. And then after that, it was just editing and putting things together. What was that first documentary about that you were a part of? So it was for an ASU class called, I think it was like sustainability documentary or something like that. Uh, the original topic was supposed to be about like water issues in Arizona. So it was a class that combined sustainability students and journalism students. So the sustainability students were kind of there to... Um, pitch the idea and the journalism students were there to you know help to out execute and, it yeah make it a story like do what they <laughs> know what to do but our video was done with a organization called the Hopi 
Tutskwa Permaculture Institute, and we got to interview some of their members, seeing you know how water issues relate to their culture. And we actually got, we were able to go down, I believe, two times, but it was also during the pandemic. So after, you know, after March, when everything got shut down, we had to come up with ways to get additional footage, even though we weren't there, and to edit completely virtually. Also, my first experience editing and then the pandemic on top of it, it was pretty difficult. Well, the reason I asked about the subject is because even though it is a very important topic, mm-hmm. I feel like this one hits home personally for you and not just having to be the tech person, the setup person, the editing person, but to like have people's stories impact the way they do at such a personal level. Did mm-hmm. that add any difficulty to the process? Honestly, I feel like no, just because I knew the people who were recording like they had been my friends since college so I knew their story they knew mine so when we were recording we were all pretty comfortable with each other I feel like if I hadn't known the people or had their relationship beforehand maybe it would have been a little bit more difficult but just because there was already that initial connection it made things easier so Carlos being a part of that uh have you spoken about this type of thing in other scopes of work before other interviews and things like that Yeah, I think I have. I think specifically the criminalization aspect, I think that's become super, super like forward in my mind and like in the other work that I do, especially like seeing clients get criminalized for, you know, um, like poverty or for having to do what they have to do to feed their kids. So I think those thoughts that showed up in Karina's documentary kind of came from my direct work with asylum seekers or people who are crossing the border. So that's kind of for me where it started. But I think it, you don't really piece together the ideas until you're in front of like the camera, like talking, talking about it and forming the sentences. Because in, in one of like the shots, I kind of surprised myself because like I started thinking, whoa, that connects like that's the root cause of that. And it didn't come out until I said, so you it, know, it clicked on air. For it, you. it clicked mm-hmm. on air. Yeah. So I think until you start talking about these topics, like with your friends or for anything like that's when it starts clicking. And I imagine being such good friends with Karina, it was easier for you to open up to in that way. Yeah. And I think I, if I wasn't friends with Karina, I probably wouldn't have said half the stuff that, <laughs> that I said, because I think a lot of the things that I did end up saying probably wouldn't have been popular with a lot of people. Because when you say, you know, citizenship might not be the answer or, you know, this hurts this, like that alienates a lot of the a nonprofit scope or a lot of the people that are in power that have money. So I think uh, being friends with Karina and knowing where both our politics are and knowing like where our organizing is going and what, what we're thinking that really helped me like open up. What was the process with Fuerte just on that subject of were you worried about them censoring you or, or wanting to throw it in a different direction that maybe you wanted or did they give you just complete freedom to tell your story? No, I had complete freedom with Fuerte. I think at the very beginning, I was a little bit worried because, you know, there's so many nonprofits in Arizona still and in across the country that still use the term dreamer. So I remember at the very beginning, you know, when I brought this up, I'm like, oh, I don't like it when (laughs) organizations use this term because of this. And like they agreed right away. There was not really like a conversation where, you know, there was back or forward any like back and forth or anything like that so yeah it was a lot of freedom and everyone was also like very supportive and helpful with whatever i needed 
Now let's pivot a little bit forward. You've done the documentary. It's edited. Edit, editing is a, such an ongoing process. Oh, like yes. <laughs> for for those of you that have never like done production work with audio video type before, there is a reason why your favorite movies, like Marvel movies or whatever, are filmed this year and won't come out till two or three years. It's not just for them to hold back stories. It's because it takes such a long time and everything is so meticulous to going in for sound, uh, for color correction. Like you mentioned, you have to look out for planes and mm-hmm. take out any of those little background noises out. So what was that like for you to undertake that mammoth of an assignment that is editing mm-hmm. down a video? That was probably the most difficult part because, again, you know, I had only edited a video like during my class at ASU and it was done with two other people. So they kind of showed me like, oh, this is what you need to do. But now I like Google was my best friend. <laughs> like, how do you edit this? YouTube University? Yeah, <laughs> literally. <laughs> so that one was probably the most difficult thing. And also I have like probably like 20 or 30 minutes of, of Carlos like spitting fire <laughs> and it was really hard to choose I talk a lot. I'm so uh, to choose the parts that were going to make it in because honestly like i could make a whole little documentary and just carlos's responses because they were so good and also like salmas and guileanas but yeah that was that was hard first like shortening it down and then trying to like move clips to make sure that they all make sense together so the final cut that premiered during the panel that we had was about eight and a half minutes, right? Mm, like eight minutes. Eight minutes. Yeah. Okay. So so is there talks of you possibly doing a full length documentary with everything that was that was recorded? No, there is not. <laughs> <laughs> now there is. <laughs> <laughs> now this is the first time. No, but yeah, I don't know. I think if I were to do something again, I have learned like the things that I need to fix to make it better, like I probably would not choose Tempe again. <laughs> and yeah, I don't think with like that one, I would work again to make it longer, but maybe use it as a way to like create other projects, like maybe have more conversations like in different areas, different panels and things like that. All right, now let's get ahead to the panel itself. For you as the creator, as the director, the day is looming forward <laughs> and it's coming and it's finally the day of what are, what is going through your mind that your work is going to be premiering to the world? It's scary because also I had this moment when you're editing, you have rewatched it over and over and over again that I'm like, is this even good at this point? Like you stop seeing it for what it is. And it, I don't know. I don't know how to explain it, but yeah, you just kind of get numb to it because you rewatched it so many times. So it's like watching your favorite movie over and over. Yeah. Like you may love it, <laughs> but if you're doing it every day, you know, five times a week watching it by the end of the third week, like, is why do I like this? Yeah. Thing? And like, I remember I sent the, the video to the panelists. I sent it to Salma, which she was in the video. And she was like, oh my God, this is so good. And it was just like a moment of relief because I'm like, okay, <laughs> then we're good. But yeah, that, that part was scary. Just seeing people, you know, watch something that you put together. But for the panel, that was something that I was really excited about because, you know, these are all leaders in Arizona and I was really excited to have this conversation with them. Carlos, what was it like being up there on that panel, on that table and taking those questions in front of a live audience? I guess I'm I'm kind of used to um, being in front of groups and being interviewed. That's never really been something that I super struggle with. But I thought it was really cool and super interesting that you had different generations presented on that panel because you have like someone like Karina who's like 
OG. Like she's yep. been there for a while. Like she's one of the original people who, you know, were starting in the movement, like before DACA. Like she's been there and she continues to be there. And then you had people like me and Salma who are in our 20s, like who started like at universities, who were organizing around like education and then post DACA. So it was really interesting to see all like those kind of how we were sitting to like the the different generations of of organizing and different generations of people who have been involved in the issue. So it was nice to like bounce off ideas off of other people and to get different perspectives. I think it was super cool. Like the questions that were asked, I think they were really, really good. I think you did a super good job at like drafting the questions and then choosing specifically the people because you had so many different perspectives and groups represented, especially like with people who have used the term like dreamer in their organizations or in their advertising. I thought it was super, mm -hmm. super interesting. What was your biggest takeaway from that panel, Karina? Oh, I think what Carlos mentioned, you know, all of the generations of organizing that at the end of the day, we've all have experienced different things with this narrative. But at that moment, we were all in agreement that it's time to retire it. So, you know, I think that is possible that despite our different experiences and our different paths, we can get to a point where we all agree that it's time to do something different. I was very interested in that uh, last question that was done in the panel that what should be the end goal for this movement right here? And a lot of the the theme over because though all the answers were fantastic answers they were going really into dev and i think uh corina was put in the toughest spot being last after all these people like spoken for like two minutes uh, giving these great speeches and uh, and uh but i think one of the uh one of the great things the theme uh, uh, about everything that was coming out was that it needs to be citizenship for all like are we, are we still in agreement with that yes and no <laughs> i think yeah, I think everyone agrees that, you know, citizenship for all is the way to do it rather than just like citizenship for quote unquote dreamers. But at the same time, that shouldn't be the end goal of the whole entire movement, because let's say we get citizenship for all today and then tomorrow someone else is undocumented who comes into the country. We can't just stop at us. We have to think about the people who are also coming later in the future because at one point we were in that situation and we can't just like make it about ourselves, I think. So we need a process to bring them on board as well. Mm -hmm. I think it's a lot about imagining how the immigration system in the future could look like. Right now it's super, super broken. I think the border, people see it as a, uh, it's, it's like a physical thing. You know, you, I can go up to the border and touch it, but mm -hmm. it's also like a mental thing. like. I think we all lose something when we cross the border. The other side of the border where like a lot of our abuelitas tables are like empty during Christmas. Like there's just a lot going on in the immigration system. So I think like Karina was saying and she expressed like citizenship for all, I think is a start. Like we should we should be there we, and we should get there. But every day people are constantly being made undocumented by broken laws and really crappy criminalization laws. So, you know, maybe imagining or dreaming of something that doesn't, make people undocumented at the end of the day that facilitates movement. I'm not sure what that looks like. I can't like <laughs> give you like a policy like this is going to fix this because it's such a big problem and it's been broken for so many decades. But I think yeah, if they, they haven't been able to do this for 50 years, like what are we going <laughs> to? Yeah. What is a 22 year old going to like <laughs> fix? Like, <laughs> but I think we just have to dream um, mm -hmm. of like a better world. 
I think Eddie said it best there at the panel. Imaginémonos cosas chingonas. Yeah, <laughs> no hay de otra. Karina, now that you have moved into the climate sector, what's next for you? Ooh, so right now we are working on uh, like educational pieces on what environmental racism is. And more specifically, we're focusing in Maryville and South Phoenix because we know that you know, those communities are the ones who experience environmental racism the most. Uh, I'm working on a photo essay um, to show those like disparities. And later on, we want to be able to create a project where we can bring green spaces to Maryville and South Phoenix. But that is a big project and there's still a lot of talks that need to happen. But yes, we're we're really excited about this new project because it is also new to to Fuerte. Climate justice uh, is new. Okay, and uh, we gave Karina her flowers early on. But Carlos, you're now also a member of the Fuerte team. <laughs> What's next for you? So I'm I'm a fellow now, <laughs> and I'm super excited. I think I really want to focus on um, how we got to the present. So informing people about the history of like the immigration system, how we got here, how it got so messed up and where to go from here. So maybe focusing on like historical events or specific laws that came up and how it affects us in the present. But I look forward to doing a lot more immigration work with Fuerte. And uh, what does that look like? You got, you're doing posts, uh, social media, graphics? or Yeah, I want to really focus on on graphics, making the, the information like easily digestible, maybe even like doing like classes on like the system. But I'm still brainstorming on what that will look like. Any thoughts about doing a documentary yourself? or I've actually done like a documentary that Karina was part of um, okay. in university. <laughs> and okay. I, I know firsthand, like, the work that that takes and how hard that was. It's it's crazy, but maybe it would be really cool. Definitely look forward to, to something like that. And Karina, once again, that was fantastic work. Uh, you guys could check out this documentary on the YouTube page for Fuerte. And uh, make sure you follow on all social media because that's where we have all of our graphics, all of our information, community resources for all of our topics, whether it be immigration, climate justice. We have rent. That's rent a is topic. a big one. It's one of the mm-hmm. it's, it's a new one that is uh, that is that came out this year, and uh, something that we have not talked about, which we should have been talking about all these years. It's impossible to get an apartment under twelve hundred dollars now in Phoenix. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> but definitely all all of that information can be followed on social media for Fuerte Fuerte Arizona Fuerte AZ. Karina, what else is next? You have another program coming out. Yes, yeah, so I actually am also working with Scholarships AZ as the program manager. We are working on a program called the Undocumented Youth Empowerment Initiative, and it's a program for all undocumented youth in Arizona. So you can be in high school, maybe you already graduated high school, if you are or you're not going to college. If you just need a community of undocumented youth and you know if you need support, finding a pathway after high school, then that's what the program is for. You can visit scholarshipsaz.org and then go into our website and click on what we do and then click on Undocumented Youth Empowerment Initiative and there's more information there about what the program is. But if you know anyone who's undocumented, who's still in high school or just recently graduated, please let them know about this program. It's gonna be completely virtual, open to all of Arizona and our first workshop will get started on March 31st so make sure you register before then all right guys well thank you so much for for this information and for that background on the documentary which once again Karina chef's kiss 
fantastic Thank documentary. You. Definitely look forward to your future work in climate. Carlos, uh, we're going to talk him into doing another documentary here. <laughs> it's, uh, it's it's what we like to do here at Fuerte, and it's like what we like to showcase. So that'll happen. Uh, that'll happen pretty soon. Guys, thank you so much. All right, guys, uh, make sure you guys are following on social media, Fuerte AZ, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And uh, check out all of our podcasts there on the Fuerte Network. Make sure you like, subscribe, share with your friends, and let them all know to follow the Fuerte Network. So, guys, we'll see you all hopefully next week. Hopefully, we can uh, finally take a break from all this uh, resurgence of more pandemics. Stay safe out there. Mask up. Vaccinations. That's boosters you all know the drill it's been a year and a half come on guys let's, <laughs> let's get this done uh, alright guys we'll see you next time Muchas gracias. bye as always we'd like to thank everybody who was involved in the show and especially our panelists who spoke at our Dreamer Narrative documentary premiere including Salma Ortiz from the Undocumented Students for Education Equality Eddie Chavez Calderon from Arizona Jews for Justice Karina Ruiz from the Arizona Dream Act Coalition Carlos Yanes and Karina Dominguez from Fuerte and Corina Oribe from the Movement Voter Project and Arizona Donor Alliance. We Are Home Arizona is a Fuerte Network production in association with Frecuencia Alterna. The show was hosted by Danny, Carlos and Karina. Graphics by Karina Dominguez. Music by Dominic Medina. Production and editing by Danny Orona. Executive producers Dominic Medina and Zenia Orona. <laughs>